For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And I'm back in the booth with Ken and Zoe. Fellas, what up? What up? What up, D Core C? What up, Zoe? What's up, Tiger Nation? What up, Super Producer? What up, Ken? What up, D? I love family. <laughs> Fellas, you, you guys made it back from Lormy? Oh, Come yeah. Peace. Yeah, man. <laughs> Got on out that thing, bro. We took that, took that dub and, and, and hit the road. <laughs> No doubt, no doubt, man. A lot to, to talk about, a lot to break down, man. But uh, first, let's just, you know, let's start with some quick thoughts on the game overall. Well, first thing is we left Loman undefeated. Came in undefeated, left undefeated. Uh, feels good, man. Left out undefeated. <laughs> you know, so it feels good, man. Waking up um, and uh, knowing that after that game, we spelled out domination. All 11 letters. Only thing left for us to do with Coke Prime, I always love to say, and let's put an exclamation point at the end of the sentence. And so that's what we have on our schedule left. So all our goals are in front of us. We've checked every box and on to the next one. Yeah, man. Great atmosphere. You know, the the crowd was amazing. Um, when we get some 30-plus thousand people in a 22,500-seat stadium, you know, they added, added seats and – you know that you know they got that the infamous hill and um it was cold it was it was felt like that you know late late season game um it went exactly how i thought it would go you know all corn gave was everything they could and then some and like like zo said we got in we i had one goal in mind go get the dub and go home and that's what happened man so i'm i'm ecstatic so uh great weekend man it was fun Awesome. Congrats to Coach Prime and the staff, as well as to the Tigers for completing the perfect season. And what better way to do it than do it down at Jack Spinks yeah. in front of those Braves, against those Braves. Right. So mission accomplished by going undefeated. But one thing you said, Ken, I want to challenge. You said it went exactly how you expected it. So I can't, I can't, you expected it, but. I don't think a lot of people expected. I think, you know, we all expected to get the win. I think even Braves fans, if they were being honest, right, put them on a lie detector test. I, I, I think most of them would have admitted going to this game that they didn't really stand a chance. And we knew they were going to put up a fight and give us their best effort, just like every single team. But I don't think that when that game went the way that most people uh, expected. And I think there were a lot of – we kind of talked about this earlier, but a lot of moral victories on that end. But uh, we'll talk about it. I know this is supposed to be celebrated undefeated head to the swag championship and we'll get into all that but we got to address the elephant in the room coach prime wasn't pleased uh if you saw him in the post-game press conference he, he was not happy at all he said this is not uh indicative of something that's historic you know not to uh not to paraphrase not to try to paraphrase and that is but at the end of the day man we talk about this offense every single week you know slow start but usually get it going and you can always look forward to that this offense never going out there to say that in the first bench rolled the donut, right? Four boys there, but if you look at it, that came from a field goal. They came from a defensive touchdown, and even uh, the touchdown with Wilkerson. I got to give that to a defense. You know, they gift wrapped it for him, and uh, Jeremiah Brown should have scored. You know, got brought it down to the one or two yard line. So, yeah, the offense gets credit for seven, but I'm giving that to the defense. So, to me, the offense rolled the donut in the first half. Yeah, I, I agree, but um, you know, I. Did some uh, thinking, uh, played back a lot of that game and what we didn't do with regards to that. Uh, not to take anything from Alcorn because, yeah, they played inspired football, but uh, we did a lot of things to hinder ourselves to have progress in that game from an offensive stand, stand, uh, point of view. You know, um, O-line actually didn't play bad. You know, I looked at it, 
you know, we uh, we did a lot of things mm-hmm. as an offensive unit where holding the ball too long, trying to get the big play. I think that's been the one thing that's been um, – we got an out of character, I believe, in, in regards to this game because, again, it's a rivalry game. Uh, last game of the season, we know we can make a lot of uh, noise. We're making breaking certain records and other things as well. I think we didn't keep our poise and kept our focus. We should we got away from taking what the defense gave us. We're trying to hit the home run ball, trying to get the big play, and we got out of character on, on offense this particular game. Now, what I'll give Alcorn credit for um, they they contained Savion fairly well, um, but outside of that, man, way too many drops, way too many trying to uh, get you know these huge gains on past plays. We have plenty of guys running underneath that are wide open and we're trying to get the big play. And, you know, we took sacks that we had no business taking. Um, so you take all of that to an account. If we handle business in that regard. You know, we have uh, too many unforced uh, penalties, unforced uh, fumble, uh, unforced, uh, I'm sorry, unforced turnovers. We have three turnovers that were totally unforced by the defense. Totally on us. So, uh, again, it's just we got things we got to clean up. But uh, instead of being pessimistic about it, Corey, I will say this. I'm glad to have this game in this rivalry game before this championship game because I would rather have that type of game, you know, against the final game of the season than to have that game in the championship yeah, game or to have that game in the celebration bowl. And it's a good thing we have something to strive for and to clean up because we know for the most part, specifically going to the championship game, what we'll see from a defensive uh, standpoint between whoever we meet in the championship game to what they're going to do to what we can do to get us better um, going forward. Well, Corey, to your point, and um, it went exactly how I thought it would go. I did not think this was going to be a blowout. Um, If you look at the past few games and how we've played and a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of inconsistency um, on both sides. I felt like, being in Norman, I felt like Alcorn, in, in, a, in a sense, I didn't think we would lose a game. I, I just didn't think we would blow them out because style of play. They run the ball. They have a very physical running back. So I just felt like when you go back and look at the Alabama A&M game, when you got somebody that could tote the rock a little bit better, they got a little uncharacteristic for me what I thought. They threw the ball, actually had some success. But um, – so when you look at that, I just felt like from a possession standpoint, we weren't going to be able to run as many plays uh, that we would normally do because of their style of play. Styles make fights. And like I said, with it being cold, us being more of a finesse style team that can be physical, in my opinion, um, eh, you know, but that's the first part of that. I disagree with Zoe. I think the offensive line was atrocious yesterday. I do. I don't, I don't mean that to be disrespectful. To anyone out there, don't take it the wrong way. What I mean by that is, as a unit, we didn't do well. Anytime a defense takes away your running game, we didn't really have a running game, you know. And I think if you go into the game with a strategy to run the ball and you can't get that done, you might have to resort to doing things a lot sooner than what you may want to do. Maybe atrocious is not the best word, excuse me, but. According to the standard of domination, y'all got to keep that in mind. So when we say that and we're being critical, we, we're speaking from a standpoint as to why our head football coach wasn't happy. <laughs> I get why he wasn't happy, you know, and, and when you see that, I agree. He made the comment as well. Shador held the ball uh, quite a few times a little too long. But when you get to the turnovers, I don't think those were unforced. I think the defense absolutely forced those turnovers. You look at Shane catching the ball and, and, and going up the middle of the field. The defense made a play. You look at Shador throwing a – he tried to throw the ball away, but the, the rush, the pass rush was on him, and he couldn't get the ball out further enough, and it just so happened to go to the defense. But um, overall, like I said, it was a – it was kind of a, a ugly game, man. And it's very the momentum swung. But here's what we said. I, Zoe and I were talking. We were on the side looking at the game. Zoe, mentioned, Zoe made a comment. He was saying the energy was low. Our energy wasn't where it needed to be. I said, Zoe, this one of them games, our defense is going to have to make a play. The defense got to help the offense out. And as soon as I said that, up comes Justin Reagan with the strip sack. Like you said, Jeremiah Brown scored. Uh, he should have scored, which scored. led to save on his first touchdown. And then you got Travis Hunter coming in. And I know we're going to get into him for sure, but the pick six. So, just like that, the whole entire momentum swing, the energy in the whole stadium changed, 
and that was really the the, the turning point of the game. So, um, no, I didn't know it would go like that. The offense was kind of a no-show, and I think um, sometimes we just got to give credit to the opposing team because if they make you or if they make you do something uncharacteristic or they take away something that you're relying on, you got to dock your head off when they do. But football is a team sport, the ultimate team sport, and we won in an unconventional way, and uh, that just speaks to the type of team that we have. So, yep. So five sacks on the day, and three of those sacks, I'm pretty sure you recall, they came on back-to-back possessions. I want to say that was the second quarter, but it really kind of swung the momentum back in Alcorn's favor. I, I think we missed Demetri Jordan. Uh, Ken, I mean, I'll let you speak on that. I know you're real big on Jordan, both you and Zoe. I think we missed him. But, I mean, Shadur was under pressure all day. You talk about the pick he threw uh, under duress. And, but even when he wasn't under pressure, he, he was off a little bit uh, early on, at least, overthrew several several guys. So what are some things that you saw from Shadur? Was that more of an off day or was it did it have a lot to do with that pressure? Well, I think it, it comes down to um, – Shador didn't finish last game, you know. And um, when you look at leaving the game in the third quarter versus Alabama A&M with an injury, I mean, he appeared to take a, a, a hard hit, uh, a little shook up a little bit, and didn't really practice the first part of the week, kind of go into the end of the week and really start to get flowing. And you just think sometimes we think uh, we got to keep in mind Shador is a sophomore. I mean, he's also uh, – he's a really good kid that plays quarterback – but you still need that rhythm. You still need that timing. You still need those reps. And uh, not to say you didn't get the reps during the week, but when you're coming off injury and you're kind of easing back into that. Now, speaking of the old line, absolutely we missed Demetri Jordan. Matter of fact, I'll say this. Uh, from In this game, it just looked like we didn't have a lot of bodies at all on the offensive line, you know, from a depth yeah, standpoint. We yeah, Maybe we, we had yeah, 10. Guys. So when you look at, um, you know, we had our backup center. You know, we look at – um uh Evan Henry was 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 substituted out for uh for Graham and, and he pretty much played the rest of the game. Um but Debo Debo didn't have his best game. You know, we 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 we, we talked after the game and um he wasn't very happy with his performance. I mean that was very uncharacteristic of of, of what he's done, what he's what he's shown. Uh but when you think about someone like Dimitri it's good to have that type of depth. So if someone is not having today, if the day just isn't their day, maybe you go to a substitution and you see if you can get something um, in, in that regard. And we just kind of didn't have that. I, it's not an excuse, but it is a, it is a reason. So, eh, but I don't think Shador had it. That was one of his worst games of the season. And I think he'll be the one that'll be the first to tell us that. Uh, but him being the type of player that he is, he's still, towards the end of the game, was able to throw, a, 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 I mean, just a beautiful ball to Travis. Matter of fact, he threw two beautiful balls to Travis and put him in a place where only Travis could go get it. And that's what you you live with that. You live with a quarterback that can have a bad game, but still when it's time, when it's money time and it's winning time, you know that you got a chance to win every single game with, with, that, with that young man with the ball in his hand. <clears throat> Absolutely. Never gets rattled. I always count on him. Yeah, another thing with that, Ken, is is the one thing I, I look at yesterday's game with Shadur's performance is it was a good tick uh, for him. Yeah, you know, you look at a continuation from the previous game, you know what I'm saying, with the hard hit toward the end of the game. And, you know, knowing that this was tougher for him to overcome it. Um, again, this is something I think that we needed because, uh, you know, it's different if we're having uh, this type of game and everything is going good as, you, you know, growth comes from adversity and, right. you know, um, being that he was doing this. And, and and another thing I want to add to that is you look at the, t- uh, the, the way last season ended with him performing as a freshman. You look at the last three games and his numbers and the way everything tapered, tapered down. A lot of people may say there's some correlation with this year as well, because you look the last three games of this season with the numbers is pretty much similar fashion. And so the thing I look at that is a great opportunity for him to overcome that, to change that narrative, because that's one thing that's floating around right now. You look at the Alcorn game last year as the correlation to this year, numbers heading into the celebration bowl, because there's, you know, some talk about right now, you know, about Jack State offense being stagnant and pretty much mirroring what we did last season, going into the celebration bowl. And that's why I'm appreciative of the performance like, like, he had because again he overcame that 
and he still willed and led us to victory with those touchdown passes. Now, granted, we have Travis Hunter, which is a great thing as well because nobody else has that. But also, you can use that as, as a segue into the championship game because I can assure you, if we had if Shador bounces back and gives us Shador uh, performance like we're like we're used to getting, then that'll kill that noise. Now you're talking about having some great quiet confidence going into the possible celebration bowl, and none of that cloud would be over the team. Great point. So with this offense, um, so I noticed some things early on that were I would say uncharacteristic. Uh, some decisions by this coaching staff, just kind of uncharacteristic of them, because this is an aggr- aggressive group. You know, they'll go for it on fourth down late in the second half. They're going to go for the touchdown or go for the score going to have regardless of our field position. So obviously we went for it on fourth down on an opening possession, came up short. But on that second go around, we decided to take the points. Right. That's kind of atypical. We talk about this team. We always go for it on fourth. Granted, it was a 38 yard field goal. Uh, so, it was, you know, obviously within the range of our kicker. So that stood out first and foremost. So I'm asking myself, are they seeing something in the offense or seeing something in the defense? That's kind of making them change their mindset. And then also we got a third down sack uh, on our corn. A uh, minute 10 to go. We took over. And typically we call a timeout and we're trying to score, but we elected not to. And we, and we let the run out and they going into the half. So what do you make of those decisions by the coaches? I think, I think it's just, um, just um, knowing, knowing, you, you know, your team, you know, the flow that you have or don't have. Um, I think when you go for it on first down, you don't want to be in a situation like Southern where we went forward and then went forward again and we elected to not take the points. I think you also look at the third down, kind of where we what what put us in that situation. Uh it wasn't less than five yards, you know what I mean? It was it was a I mean, we, we would have had to pass the ball. And based off what we had already shown, um the the decision to go for the points made sense because what it does, it allows it allows us to put some points on the board first and foremost, but it also allows the offense to take a break. And it also allows the defense to not have to run right out on the field. The other thing, Corey, is the momentum because you're also away. I mean, it's electric in the stadium. They already got crunk and and got hyped after they stopped us the first time. If you let them stop you again and you don't get nothing out of it, I think that was probably the thinking. And then when you look at you fast forward and you look at what we had done throughout the – the offense that really didn't give us much. It was the defense that was performing. So if you got a long field that you got to kind of drive, even if it is just a minute, you kind of just go ahead and take what you can get and, and let your defense be the be the uh, the star today. Because we knew that when we were going back out on in, in the second half, the defense was going to be, um, you know, uh, on the field first. So if you're going off of what you did, what you've shown, you haven't really given up much. Now you go and stop them. You get the ball back, and then the offense kind of take over from there. So. That was my thoughts on it. I, I, I'm sure I'm not sure if Zoe has a different perspective, but that's what I had on that. I actually thought about it, Corey. And first things first is um, every other thing that we did previously, it wasn't championship season. It's November. That was the first thing. Second thing is we were on the road and we lost the uh, we lost the uh, the coin toss. We received the ball every other time that we made this move. We were either at home and we were getting the ball back to start the second half. So that changes the complexity of a lot of decision making because again, let's go with the defense that we have, go ahead and get points on the board because at the end of the day, we're still only giving up 10 points a game. Be it as it may, even if we get points, we're ahead, we're ahead of what we need to be, you know what I'm saying? And knowing we have the defense behind us. Because even as close as this game was yesterday, we still only gave up one touchdown. One touchdown and two field goals. And that touchdown came on their second possession early in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So things still fall into play in that regard. So I think they had, I think Coach Prime had it on his mind. Again, I think once we realized that we received the opening kickoff, and that changes, you know, a lot of things with regards to what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Because if you go back over this over the season, I actually talked about this earlier today. And that is whenever we did certain things, it's because we won the kickoff and we were getting the ball to start the second half. So, you know, we keep talking about this defense. Obviously, defense came through as usual. That's nothing new. But, you know, Ken, you talked about uh, not expecting it to blow out because of the style of play, because of their ability to control the clock, obviously, with the ground game. 
coming in with the you know Jarvion Howard, number one rusher in the swag, uh, but really bottled him up. Now he got close to 100 yards. I think he got 96 yards, but it was on close to 30 attempts. So if you look at the uh, per uh, rush average, about three and a half yards per carry. So talk about the job that they were able to do on Howard. Well, I think the job that they did on Howard was to be expected. I mean, uh, Zoe made a great point that, you know, we got an all-world possible NFL draft um, linebacker by the name of Aubrey Miller, who's got a senior bowl invite, who's tailor-made for a Javion Howard in style of play. But if you look at what the coaching staff, this is a sign of a, of a, of a fairly decent coaching staff. It's, it's, it's really just come down to the simple football. You know you have a, 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 a juggernaut at running back. You know that JSU is an aggressive defense that plays a lot of man, single man, um, on, the, on their DB side of the, uh, of the ball. So you're coming in automatically expecting to allow Jarvie and Howard to really be almost like a decoy because you know <clears throat> they're going to put seven to eight in the box. It's going to leave us with one-on-one coverages on, the, on with our receivers. So you can tell by the way they went into the game plan that they were planning for us to take Jarvie and Howard out of the game. Now, they knew that he was he's a star running back, so he can make something happen. If he break one tackle and kind of he got some wiggle and some speed, I was telling Zoe, his his zero to he goes zero to first 60 step. on a cut and I don't know how. You know, his first step and his ability to go, he's very quick. So with that, you just kind of live with it. Now, the defense did what they were supposed to do. The defense – they took him out of the game. They held him down. You, you, I mean, Javante Davis had a great game. Aubrey had a great game. Uh, Baron Hobson had a great game, yes. you know, as well as uh, uh, Brown. So when you look at even Killer Arrington coming in and doing this thing, now they did what they normally do. But what was uncharacteristic for Alcorn was their quarterback actually throwing balls and, and making passes. Because I honestly didn't think that the kid had a, a decent arm at all. That's so that was shocking to me. That was the thing that really got it. But you Brian was tell, shocked about it, too. Yeah, you can tell that they anticipated Howard to not – I'm not going to say they just expected him to not have a big game, but you knew that Jackson State was going to zero in on Howard. So we have to – in order to beat them, we got to throw the ball. And they had a strategy, and, they, and, it, and it worked for them. But the defense – it worked up to a certain extent. Let me just say it that way. The defense did what they needed to do, and they stopped them. i got to be honest, you guys. Like we mentioned earlier this season, it's one thing to get caught in the emotion when you're watching the game live, but when you take a step back and rewatch it, it totally mm -hmm. changes your perspective. And watch, rewatch. Honestly, fellas, if you sit there, if our offense gives a halfway better performance, this game isn't close. And I'm gonna be honest, defense did what he always does. The only because even on those passing plays that the quarterback got, he still only had a hundred and like seventy some yards passing. So the, the the biggest difference between this week and all the previous weeks is that this quarterback was able to have six completions to get six first downs. That's it. But here's the thing though, oh, so you said he had how many passing yards? He had a hundred and I think hundred and eighty one, I believe. He had he had one fifty three. 153. Well, oh, well, Lawrence had 153. Adams came in and threw four. Yeah. But this is why I asked that. Total. The first time this season that I, the first time this season that our defense has given up 150 50 yards uh, pass. That's why I asked that. And that's why I'm saying you don't expect that from all. Oddly enough, yeah, oddly enough against the team that we weren't expecting to pass. Yeah. That's my point. So you can but tell. That, but that, but, that, but that, that, that proved yeah. my point. My thing is, you know, again, but you look at you go back and look at the completions because he had three passes on Travis that gone to first downs, and then they had some timely penalties. So, like I said, we're talking we're, we're talking about a whole total game, and we're talking about the construct of about five passes. Yeah, think about that. In the total of the game, we're talking about five completions. Yeah, because we're pretty much they averaging. Completed nine, they they completed nine passes for the whole game. You see what I'm saying? And, that, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. So that's why I said when you take a step back and you look at it, what's the difference? So take the, taking the emotion out of it and rewatching it, you see like our defense did what it always does. And that's what I'm saying from an offensive standpoint, they really never threatened yeah. us. They just were able to hold and milk the clock because they were running it and they stay and they yeah. stayed tried and two to it. Right. But again, we're talking about we're talking about literally an additional five completions. Well, that's the thing. That's why I felt like the, the when you when you think about 
the strategy for us. That's why I never thought it was going to be a high-scoring game because I already knew they was going to take the hair out of the ball. They was going to try to sustain long drives. And the only way to stop – one of the best ways to stop offense is leave them on the sideline. Fact. But the thing is, the point that I'm making is those five completions that I'm talking about, those were what? More uncharacteristic than anything. Because if you take that away, then even the perception during the game live, that feeling isn't even there. They were never a threat to score. If honestly, if you take away the um, the hurry up run that Howard got, when did they ever get in the red zone? Because both of the field goals were long. Yeah, it's definitely a different story when you go back and watch it. Like I said, it looks like they, you know, live, it looks like they had some success passing. But over the course of the game, only nine completions now that it was, again, they threw 483 yards. But surprisingly, they had more yards passing than rushing. They, as a team, they only had 68 yards rushing. Now, granted, uh, Tr- Lawrence was negative 42 because of the sacks that we had. Right. Uh, but from a, just from a rushing standpoint, they did have over 100 yards. If you take away, obviously, the, the sacks that contribute to the stats. But, yeah, that was the opposite of what we thought. You know, again, more. Uh, yards uh passing and rushing so but great but we, we got to give it up to McNair as well he came, he came and coach prime talks about it all the time right i don't think it's just talk i think he you know he really respects coach respects McNair and i play i ready to play and definitely he had he had a game plan it was clear that they had a game plan they had a strategy they did it's good to see us whether the strategy part to Zoe's point early in the show we're in the later part of the season, so a lot of teams have had a lot of film to prepare. They're scouting us, and they, they, they're looking at some teams that have had some success, and that's when you kind of get to, i.e., the Celebration Bowl of last year, a team having a whole month and, and putting a plan in place to really kind of exploit uh, those things that we didn't do well. So to, the reason I'm saying that, from a character standpoint, when you weather – good strategies against your ball club and you still get the wins. It's different to lose and have this conversation. We're winning and we won and we can have this conversation. We can nitpick and, and, and break it down, but we know the coaches are going to do that to the off degree. Mm-hmm. And one other point too, bear in yeah, mind, we've quite a few bodies and, you know, you're talking about two weeks between now and you know, the championship game. So, you know, you'll get quite a few bodies on, on both sides of the ball back for the championship game. So bear, bear, bear in mind that. Yeah. yeah, but definitely, again, kudos to the defense. You know, it's, every week we say the same thing, but seven sacks in the game. Uh, they held all corner, 417 on third downs. That was huge. And uh, defensively, this is uh, the 10th opponent that Jackson State has held <clears throat> under 14 points uh, on the, for the game. So, Great job defense. We got to, you know, we named a couple of these guys, but I want to definitely shout them out and give them some shine. I want to start with Durante Davis. I think, man, he was huge. I, he was huge. I think this was his best game in the Jackson yes. State uniform. Yes. I mean, he was hitting hard too, man. He looked good at it, doing it. He looked like he was having some fun, man. I, I enjoyed yes. watching him play. Yes, indeed. We got to give it up to Mike B because Mike B's boy showed out this game. Oh, Reagan. You know, hey, I got a text in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of the game saying that ESPN had stated that Justin Reagan had accounted for a negative yards at the time that we so I feel like Justin Reagan's strip sack was the turning point of the game. It really was. I know we talk about the pick six, but I said that fumble changed the complex of this game, oh, yeah. and that was the thing that really propelled yeah. us toward winning. Yeah, man, Reagan had so um, the tackle on skates. Yeah, and we, we discussed this on Twitter. You know, we're talking about a guy coming, obviously, from the previous uh, regime coming on as a walk-on, right? Right, and I can Anderson was kind of joking, talking about, man, I, I can't remember exactly what he said on Twitter, but he basically said, man, he came in, he couldn't walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. That's basically what he was saying. But, you know, just commending him on the growth, man. So happy for him. Again, we talk about it. We talk about it, DJ Stevens. Uh, Zoe, you've made the point of just sticking it out, you know, uh, you know, not giving up. And, man, this guy is, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to play on Sundays, but I think he's going to have an opportunity to play football after he leaves Jackson State. Some in some most definitely. Uh, and, yeah, again, happy that they stuck around, man. And, look, he couldn't walk into a bubble at the same time, but he can walk and push a tackle back. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And, you know, Ken, of course, that was the turning point of the game, but I think the, the, one of the bigger plays of the game, defensively, you know we're going to get to it, but, man, Travis Hunter, talk about this this pick six, man. I mean, it was it – was, he looked like – 
I mean, I don't, you know, you don't want to say a man amongst boys, but you know, we talk about the the, the talent gap, right? FCS, FBS, SWAC, whatever the case may be. Granted, as a conference, I think that the SWAC has improved its overall talent in the past couple of years. Obviously, a lot of it has to do with the transfer portal, but just from a recruiting standpoint, coaches are going after the three and four stars landing. But when you talk about a five-star, the elite of the elite, and when you say this guy's the best player in the class and a general talent, you saw it, right? You just saw someone who just looked different out there, right? The whole game, right? But when he got that pick, you, that, that's when I think that was his uh, welcome to Jackson State moment right there. Absolutely. Um, like I said, Zoe and I talked about Travis Hunter long before he came a Jackson State Tiger. Um it was a it was a thing of beauty, man. They had tried him. They got one pass completion in the first half, and at the time we're like, they looked like they want to throw the ball. So we was like, hey, throw it to him. And when he made it, he does this thing where he bait quarterbacks to make the receiver look like they're open. And he did that. He did that on that play. If you go back and follow it, he kind of basically saw the quarterback's eyes, and as soon as he threw it, he took a break on the ball. Now, to the wide receiver's credit, he tried to help his quarterback out because Travis had read, read the play, and he tried to knock the ball loose. It kind of He kind of bobbled it a little bit, and he was able to gather. And from there, it was, hey, he housed that thing. And look, I, I, it was a great catch, but it was an even better move that he put on Javion Howard because mm-hmm. Javion Howard was trying to, you know, tackle Travis, and Travis pulled one of them matrix moves, one of them get out of my ways. and Video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He almost knocked yeah, Javion yeah. And us on the sideline, man. So, and then he was at that point, he was up the field. And and let me say it this way: when we saw that happen, just personally, I was ecstatic for him because we know um, mm-hmm. Travis came into the season injured already. You know what I mean? And he had been That's had a back injury that had been dealing with. He been dealing with coming out of high school. He was able to get the surgery, get the you know, and he was able to heal. And we've been wanting to see this for so long. And what a better time, man. Of course, we know he can he, – he, I expect him to have a big championship as well as a possible celebration bowl performance. But it was so – I don't want to say poetic justice, but it was just so uh, the timing of him uh, coming out at Alcorn on the road, needing a big play. And not to even mention we, – we, we'll get into it, but the fact that he scored a touchdown and he plays offense – and we will we'll get into that side of it as well. But it was absolutely a coming out party. You can say he was a man amongst boys because he was. I mean, Travis, I don't care what uniform you put on a Travis Hunter. That's who he is. Right. That kid is special. Level, that matter. kid is a generational talent. Hey, just imagine like Coach Prime said, you put him in the weight room, he's going to continue to get better and better and better. So, I mean, that's a true freshman out there, man. And you actually got people out here celebrating more victories that that he got three passes caught on him. I said, you can't show me a cornerback in America that hadn't had a ball caught on him and hadn't Thank given you, up a touchdown. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I said, so Think about you're it. When you say that the pass was caught on you, You're trying to compare. And this is the thing. You got to look at how he plays. It doesn't matter what defense we in. Joe said it yesterday. Travis played. Uh, what style of defense he played? I got Cat him. Coverage. Cat, Cat coverage. Cat. I got what you say. I got, I, got, that I got that cat right there. <laughs> so here's what I'm saying: when he's playing press man on the line, and he's right in front of that dude. All the wide receiver really has to do, if he can get passes, make a move and, and take off. And that's how the two passes that he gave up that he gave up deep. That's how he got caught. Now the first one was in the first quarter, but outside of that, you can't compare three passes given up to a pick six. Should have been two interceptions. Should have been two. I know he want that other one back. But, mm-hmm. hey, let me say this one last thing. If you take the three interceptions that Travis really could have caught, how many – I mean, Travis would have, what, five, six interceptions right now on, on the season? He has six. In how many games? And, he, and, and he's games? only played against FAMU, Campbell. Five, and, five and, games. Five games. So that's like a pick a game. <laughs> special, man, special, special and, kid. And, and, and wait, wait, wait. Limited number of games, but limited number of attempts as far as people trying him. So if you do, That's I don't know how many part. times he, people, a quarterback has thrown the ball his way, but if you do the ratio of you know passes attempted, it should be in the high. I mean, it, it's a very high percentage. Very high percentage. 
Yeah. Well, look, I, I, Ken, I you have talk to about him baiting the, quarter, baiting the quarterback and making real quick though. You talk about him baiting the quarterback and making him think that the receiver is open. Guess who else used to do that? Brian. Deion Sanders. That's a fact. Deion Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have to add this. If you go back and watch that route, not only did he bait him, Travis uh was impressed, man, but treated the route as if I'm going to sit on the route. That's basically what he did. He knew what he was going to be, you know what I'm saying, from a depth perspective. Uh, perspective, And that's what he – and that's how he actually baited the quarterback. He pretty much sat on the route because he knew the receiver wasn't going deep. But I also have to add this. Mm-hmm. Being there, that interception was the craziest and livest interception we've gotten all year because, man, I'm telling you, Corey, watching it on television is one thing. Being there, the energy, the the roar when yeah. he caught that ball, and the roar when he crossed that goal line, chills, man. I'll never forget it. One little caveat I gotta add: Ken now on the sideline. So Monterio Hunt, the receiver that he's going to get, so the previous play before that, uh, Travis actually uh, helped bat a ball down. The receiver fell down, so he gets up at the, at the line of scrimmage. And he's wiping his hands, you know what I'm saying, as if like, you know, you know, he you know, broke the pass of like, let me get myself together. I'm on the sideline. I'm talking to the receiver. And I tell him, I was like, what are you, what are you wiping your hands for? You're blocked up by a freshman. He actually looked at me and said, okay, well, watch this. And Travis just proceeds to get a pick six and run it back for a touchdown. I kid you not. I kid you not. <laughs> Special, man. He's special. I, so to that to that to that point, it was it was it was what that it was what we needed, man. It was what we needed in that moment. I'm telling you, from the time that stadium was rocking, man, the atmosphere. Look, hey, listen, we've been to several Soul Bowls, man. You know, especially even in Lorman, like you know that on campus feel, that vibe, the amount of people that was out there, the amount of people that was in the stadium. To Zoe's point, that that was a game changing. Because remember, we had just sacked the quarterback. We had just scored, and that was 10-7. We got the lead now. And when Travis did that, it's like, oh my God. It just sucked the life out of them. They were real quiet. They were talking a lot of smack, and you know, it was all rowdy and everything. But after that, he sucked the life out of them. And, and the Jack State side woke up. But it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. Right. Special kid. Right. right. So, so we, we want to get to the reception to catch as well touchdown reception but i just want to talk a little bit more about him as a cornerback so i just want to pose this question i, I would say it's unlikely but what other ch- and i say unlikely because of the number of games that he's played in we know he's an elite cornerback uh you know the one of the best in the swag the best in the swag you know we can have that argument whatever right but we know he's up there so will he be first team all swag and think about it before you answer, because we know from a talent standpoint he deserves it. But is he going to be penalized because of the number of games played? That's easy. He won't be. Nope. Should he be? Yes. Because of the number of games played or because of? I mean, just number of games played, I don't think. Potentially two more games. But the wars are going to be out. Okay, so, so oh, we'll be out two more week. games. The awards be out next, to, right, uh, next week. Right, that's right. Okay. But, that's the, right. but okay. let me add this. Okay. It's, it's, they're not going to look at it in this way, but I attribute it to, and I'll give you a good example, Savion and Jarvion Howard. And the reason why I bring those two names up is because mm-hmm. Jarvion Howard right now, his, his season is over with, end of the regular season. But Savion will be the conference leading rusher, Right. But people will automatically say, well, he played two more games. And I'll say, no. Jarvin Howard has about two more games and carries over Savion right now because Savion really didn't play the first two games of the season. You see what I'm saying? See how this relative? Mm-hmm. Saying the number of games mm-hmm. is low-hanging fruit. It's about the amount of time that you play, to add to your point in regards to Travis. Because even if he played the number of games, even if he played all these games, his numbers of passes going his way going to be low it's what he's doing with the amount of attention that he gets and he's blowing everybody out of the water right now so much so that check this out in the past two games he has three touchdowns and if you look at past breakups he's probably now he's ranked 
within the top of the conference right now in pass breakups. He's going to play five games. And he's not being thrown a lot, a lot of balls up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's not getting a lot of balls thrown his way. But go and count the pass breakups that he has. He's still ranked in the swag in that regard because he has a high percentage when he comes this way for either being incomplete or he has a great number of pass breakups. And he still has, what, three interceptions on the season? Two. Two. Two interceptions on the wheel. The other one. Oh, yeah, three. No. He got one against Alabama and then one against Alcorn. That's right. The one with Texas. So, yeah, he has two interceptions. And, but watch this. I think the conference leader in interceptions may have, what, five in 11 games? If you, if he get those interceptions that he dropped, then, I mean, he could have had, he should have had two interceptions, two interceptions against. Texas and I mean against uh this against Alcorn and then one against Texas Southern. Easily. Yeah. But no, he, he won't get it. And, and matter of fact, I mean uh he wanted he and, and I just to even answer that because just to show you how they get down, he wouldn't even be in the running for newcomer of the year. Travis doesn't have enough uh games, and I don't think they'll they'll reward him for it um for what he's done, but it just makes you wonder what if he wasn't healthy? What 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 would he where would he really have finished the year at? Travis could have very easily finished the year if he played all games with seven, eight interceptions. That's that's not even hyperbole. Right. On a low number of attempts, though. That's I mean, the, the fact that he we're even having this conversation, we're entertaining this. The fact that we're even entertaining this right now, or I even brought it up, and he's a true freshman and only played in a handful of games, says a lot. So, uh, you know, fully expect him to be first team all swag preseason. And I'll go out on a limb. For I know sure. this is early, but it's, it's on record. For we sure. can go back and we can revisit this. But going into his junior year, you heard it here first. Travis Hunter, first team, all swag defense. Travis Hunter, first team, all swag offense, wide receiver, preseason, going into his junior year. Book it. And having said that, let's talk about him as a wide receiver. I think this, this viral, man, it's all. How many views as of 20 minutes ago, Ken? We were just talking about this before we hit Press play here. He was trending on Twitter. Yep. He, he by was himself. Now, Jackson State was trending Twitter too. Not, not but by himself. He had a whole thing separately. going on by himself. Yes, separately by himself. So talk about it. I'm going to turn it over to you because y'all were on the highlight. You know, if, if Travis was seen a million times, y'all were seen a million times too. <laughs> I want to right there with it, right there with it. I, 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 I think Zoe helped him up <laughs> or got in his way. <laughs> hey man, listen, I didn't listen, man. I, I looking back at that, I was like, oh my goodness, man. And I'm gonna be real, like I actually, when they got the penalty after the touchdown was called, I really thought that I had something to do with that because I was, I was on the t- anyway, man. I was like, I'll never do that again. I apologize. I don't want to be on the camera like that. I don't want to be in the way. But we, hey, listen. Well, if you look at where we were at, let me say this, kid. Let me say. Let me say this, kid. It 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 it's it's because that's a much smaller stadium than a vet. See, you used to roam around the vet sidelines, and you rarely make the ESPN highlights, right? <laughs> but you don't realize that the stadium is a little bit smaller. Hey, so you all in the screen. Like they had the they had the little rails right there where the fans were. They were talking a lot of smack. And we were just kind of, you know, jawing with them back and forth. But again, you know, like I said, I, I hate that we was on the play, but the play is what was more important, not us, you know. Catch, yeah. But it was hilarious. Catch, talk about because it. Because now, listen, it. Zone, you, zone you one guys the field being down there, you that, guys. Go, go ahead. There's a delay. There's, there's an audio delay. But go. No, no, you're fine. My, my, my. That Zoe was in the line of fire. And I didn't know it until when I went back and looked at it. But it wasn't the fact that he was because he got out of the way. He almost got his knees taken out because they was they almost fell into him. Mm-hmm. But what was funny is is that after they after he got out the way, he got back in the way. <laughs> that was the funny part. Yeah. Like, you know, I just went by. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you know after that, but amazing pass to but put let's it talk on about the, the catch though. But let's but before we oh, even get you to gotta the touchdown, talk about the pass. You have to. Hold on, but before we okay. get to the touchdown, yeah, yeah, it, it was the pass prior to that. Because if you look at his receptions, it's gonna be two for I think 49 yards or whatever. The first catch 
was right there on the sideline. We was was a, was a toe tap, and I mean it was beautiful. That was le- that that's what led to it. So you see Travis in that wide receiver, you kind of know he's gonna get that ball. Shador looking for Travis Hunter when he's lined up at wide receiver. That's just it, it ain't no mystery about it. But for him to get up that break, we, where we were standing at, we see the ball go up, and you just follow the ball, and then you, he's he's double teamed. And he put it in a place where only only Travis can get it. Once Travis' hands hit that ball, that ball didn't move. At that point, at that point, Corey, from our vantage point, you look down, and I saw his foot in, and the referee was like out of bounds. And that's when I jumped up. I was like, oh my goodness, there's no way. I was like, please. And I was telling Junior, like, bro, please, please, please get get coach to review that. Something. We got that was a touchdown. Because I didn't want them to take the touchdown away from us, especially with the type of game that it was especially with the fact that I wanted it to be that way because I wanted Travis to get the touchdown because I knew how important it was for him to score on offense and score on defense. So amazing, amazing catch. I'll let Zoe break it down from the, you know, the breakdown of the catch, but he dropped that toe, man. I wasn't, I didn't know how he did it, but I know he did do it because I did see it and I was glad that they reviewed it and overturned it, but amazing, amazing play, man. What was so crazy about it was that I was actually on one knee, you know, when the ball was snapped. And the moment Travis got about five yards up, as soon as the ball left Shadur's hand, I kid you not, everything happened in slow motion. Everything happened in slow motion. And as the ball got closer, I could see and feel Travis drifting toward me. And you that's when you see me get up and I'm moving backwards because I can see them feel them coming towards me. And the moment, I mean, literally the moment that his hand touched it, everything's still going slow motion. I see everything as clear as day. And that's why as soon as he hit the ground, you can see me on the video. My hands go up before everybody else. I see the touchdown before the referee even said catch or no catch. I'm up like this. Oh, touchdown, touchdown. But what's crazy is because me and my brother over here whistle and locks up and in tune with each other. As soon as the side judge, side judge comes up and yells incomplete, at the same you time, re- me replay. and Ken both review. <laughs> we both review, said, no, review. I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm – and I'm not being a Jackson State fan. I'm a football fan at that point. Forget a Jacksonian. I'm a football fan. And I'm like, oh, no, it ain't even close. It's a catch. So we're hollering. Let's re- 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 and, we, yes, we see Bucky, Deion, Deion Sanders Jr. Bro, please tell him to review. And, you know, Coach Prime ended up calling the timeout so they could review. And if you notice, the referee didn't even take long on the review. Like, it was not close. But it was a it was a spectacular catch, and also because Ken, I was actually talking to Avis, one of our other uh, you know Nova alums before the game, and he brought this point about a certain route being a low percentage pass. Well, guess what? Travis Hunter is a high percentage pass because he caught the same pass twice in the same position on the same drive. So we so safe to say that with Travis Hunter, that fade route is a not a low percentage completion percentage. It's very high with Travis Hunter. It's high, but let let me point out something about Travis Hunter that a lot of people don't uh, you know talk about or give him credit for. We talk about the athlete, he's you know his own boss, his ability to play both ways. But two things uh, stand out to me about Travis: one, just his speed, just his flat out ability. I mean, I want to know what he's running in the forty because when you talk about Travis, that's not the first thing you say. You don't say, "Oh, he's a let, he's fast," right? But he is because he's so great at those other things. By the time you you know being his speed, one of the last things you'll think about. But he he is really really fast. But another thing, I want to know what his vertical yeah. leap is because how tall is Travis? How tall is he? Six one. Honestly, man. But he he, he I'm a, I'm plays give him, like I'm, he's. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give him he's six, six one. He's six one. Okay. But he yes, of course. You're absolutely you 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 hit the nail on the head. He plays seven feet tall. <laughs> he does. He does. But but I'm gonna tell you the main his to me, his greatest attribute is his balance. He has freakish balance and like ball, like um what's the word I want to use? Like um what I mean by balance is just his ability, like he can contort his body 
and 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 still be able mm. to you know do things while he's in air or landing. He has freakish. He's, he's like a cat in that regard. He's almost like a cat. When we say generational talent, that means you get one of these every every generation. Corinzo is something about Travis. He has this gravitas. He have this. He has this gravity that pulls you in when you're watching this kid, man. And you know you would look, you're looking at something special, and it's very so. It's, it's not often that you get a player that can trend nationally on Twitter just by just doing football stuff. You get what I'm saying? And it's just he's he's box office man. And I never thought because I, I say this and I'm gonna move on. Um, we got Deion Sanders our head football coach. Shador is the son of Deion Sanders. Shalo is the son of Deion Sanders. And Shador is is, is the star, star of the team. We go as two go. But Travis, man, is different. He's a different kind of energy. And it's amazing when you put it together to see the two that was on Sports Illustrated on the cover deliver. One throwing the ball, the other one catching we thought he was a cornerback. Is he a cornerback? Travis is so good. I said this and I'm done. We had people saying, man, we need to put Travis on punt return. It was like, we're going to have Travis doing everything. Well, <laughs> and let me add, and to that, Corey, you know, if you go back when he signed, I tried to, being in Atlanta and having seen him play in high school, that's why I was telling Ken a while back, I tried my best to explain to Jacksonians, like, you guys, he's LeBron James in cleats as a high school player. He has a cult-like following, and this was in high school. Even now, how many freshmen in college, you know, has a rock star status? They're signing autographs for the kids, and all the kids are going crazy about him at every game. And that's that's at Jackson State. I'm telling you guys, it was like this in high school. And is um, the best thing I can tell you about by Travis is Kim It's like he's governed by. Or it's almost like he's not governed by the same gravity that we're governed by. Seriously. But his his ball skills, his um his cat like because Corey as fast as he is, he has great quickness, he's quick twitch, and he has great elusive, you know, he's very, very elusive. But the his greatest attribute is his balance. And Corey, when the ball's in the air, is his. And you rarely ever get that from a DB. Because most of the time, you know, DBs don't have great hands. That was one thing that Prime was known for. And that's why he played them on both ends, because most DBs don't have great hands. But his greatest asset is when the ball's in the air, it's his. And he can do that on both sides of the ball. Well, he's a rock star. And I believe it's it's, it's not even, um, and, I, and I'll move on. He's back healthy. We got to remember that. So even going to whatever game we're going to, you know, next game up, he's hands down the best player on the field. There's no debate with it. And what he did against Alcorn is the expectation, and he can do that in every single game. Yeah. And yeah. what's scary is that, uh, you know, obviously he, he was injured and uh, kind of started late. But as far as you, you know, game to game, week to week, you see him getting better and better. Like his numbers are improving. Just the eye test, everything's getting better. So I think I don't want to say that's his floor, but based on what we've seen, what we just saw may, may be his floor. We can expect that every single game. So, man, it's going to be a pleasure watching him for the next, uh, I would say, two years because he's three and out. <laughs> For sure. The next three years. But uh, so kudos to some other guys. We, guys, we had uh, obviously Savion Wilkinson, 1,000 yards uh, for the season, only the 12th back in Jackson State history. So, uh, what do you want to say about Savion or to Savion? I've said it on social media. I've tagged him on, on both IG as well as Twitter. Proud of him. Um, amazing kid, man. Coach called him pro. Um, even greater character. Um, quiet just blue collar worker that just go do what he got to do, get it done. And uh, it couldn't happen for a better kid, man. Uh, the story is amazing. I think the Savion Wilkerson story is a very interesting story that um, Tiger Nation should to definitely take a look into. I mean, a young man that bet on himself came in as a preferred walk on uh, without a scholarship, earned that scholarship. And like, he was like seventh on the depth chart and uh, he worked his way up 
and he really had a coming out party versus Gremlin. And once he came out, he stayed in. And he and, and just look at this man. He he's a thousand yard rusher. So kudos to him. And um, I'm excited to see what's next. I think Savion is going to be uh, the ticket that gets us that SWAC championship times two and that first celebration bowl trophy. We're going to ride Savion all the way to the promised land. But congratulations on being a thousand yard rusher. Yeah, he. he uh... He is the straw that stirs the drink to this offense. He's the one that really gives this offense the identity that it has. Because, you know, we put up yards and put up numbers last season, but it's him. He is the thing that makes us go, that changes the whole complexity and the uh, the gravitas of this offense, man. He is uh, he's special, man, and the best is yet to come with this kid because you factor in the offseason with uh, everybody coming back, uh, not having to learn a new offense, not having to learn your teammates, getting uh, acclimated to a new environment, coming in late. Now you just have an offseason to work out, you know, everything with everybody. And I expect, you know, even more better production from them next season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. You know, and he uh, has accomplished a rare feat as well. He's a uh, running back who has a thousand yards in two different conferences. Two so, different schools. man, mm-hmm. just that guy, that kid is special. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And look, All and, right. And, and of course, Shadur our... Sanders broke a couple records. Go ahead. My bad. It was delayed. I'll go ahead. My bad. It was a delay. Okay. Uh, Shadur, again, uh, two records broken in the game. Single season completions record. And then, of course, touchdowns, 32 touchdowns uh, in, in dramatic fashion, right, with the pass, right? I don't think you can ask for a better way to break, <laughs> break the record i'll consider but breaking robert kent's record uh we saw most of us if you're on instagram you saw the the cleats yeah robert kent's name on one shoe and he had uh, casey terrio's name on the other uh she was able to reach out to kent and uh you know just kind of share that with him because kent's not on ig and man he just you know he just loved it he was amazed by the the love that, that shadur showed him and he said i'll make sure shadur you know tell him how much he appreciates it but man shadur two touchdowns jack state record Hey, that was uh, special. I think that the story that you just mentioned, Corey Joe, was the uh, the story of the day. I mean, he only threw one touchdown. That was all he needed. It was a hard fought one, and I think it's um, it's sweet that 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 record breaking touchdown is the touchdown that he threw to Travis Hunter. But the name on his cleat just did it for me because it 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 it, it solidified Shador as being one of one of the greats to come through Jackson State, and he paid homage to those that came before him. And we had both of them on the show uh, not too long ago. And um, it just meant, it, that meant that meant a lot to me because it, I, I was able to really see Shador just as one of the, the great quarterbacks to come and not just be Deion Sanders' son. He's a, he's a part of uh, Jackson Absolutely. State Absolutely. quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's forever cemented in the history of Jackson State. Uh, and that's, and that's, that's just, that's wonderful, man. So, congratulations to two to grown. Uh, you did it, man. And uh, now, now let's go get this swag championship in this celebration ball. Yeah, I, I, um, I thought it said a lot about him and Coach Prime. Believe it or not, by him actually putting, uh, uh, you know, uh, Casey and uh, Kent's name and honoring them in the in the position to break a record. Because again. What sophomore even has the withdrawal to even think to do that? I'm about to break a record, but I'm going to honor them in doing so. You know what I mean? So and it, to me, it speaks of him as a leader, somebody, a leader of men, and being gracious and being humble about it, and thinking of others in the, in, in the process of, doing, of creating your own milestone. And I think it's a great segue, if you will, of honoring the past, knowing that we're going to, as we call it, the new JSU in a new way and uh, setting new records and new twin and new trends uh, within the Jack State football program, because I'm on record all the time saying this is a new JSU athletic renaissance that we're going through and who better than to be the flag bearer, you know, of that, than than Shadur Sanders. So kudos to him. Uh, and again, this is mm-hmm. these first two records are the first two to fall uh, for a lot more to come. Yep. And another record Jackson state on the season, you know, 11, 11 and 0 regular season. I mean, I'm speechless. I don't, I don't know what to say. I didn't, you know, I mean, one reason is because if you just think about where we were a couple years ago, you know, it's one thing to bring in a new, new coach and to turn it out. Cause typically when, you know, when new coaches come in, the fan base says, Oh, give them time. You have to give them time. 
which is true. You yeah. have to give him time, but don't tell that to Coach Tamika Reed and don't tell that to Deion Sanders. So to, to turn it around this quickly and be 11 and 0, and he, I mean, he literally started the job. Here we are, November of 2022. He officially started the job in December 2020, right? Coming off how many straight losing seasons in a row, right? I think we may have went 500 one of those seasons, but, you know, for the most mm -hmm. part losing and to be undefeated, man, that is just I, – I don't think he gets enough credit. You know, he, Coach Brown doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Um, what's credit when you got, you know, when you, when you have uh, real evidence in front of you? It doesn't matter. I mean – at the end of the day, um, 11 and 0 is 11 and 0. I don't care what what level you're on, excuse me. I don't care if it's high school, middle school, um, junior college, FCS, FBS. It's extremely hard to win football games. Yep. To not just win 11 straight football games. But Coach Prime is, what? what, what is he, 18 straight swag? 19. 19. All I'm saying is, is this. Um, we'll just X out the spring season for this example. 17 straight. No, actually, 18 straight. I apologize because you add in grammar. Um, 11 and 0. Unbelievable, man. I'm just happy to be a part of it. I felt like this was going to be a special year. I went all in. I uh, wanted to be, as many, be at as many games as possible. And um, I'm just happy that I was able to witness it. But listen, 11 and 0 is great. 11 and 0 is amazing. 11 and 0 is historic. But Corey is 0, I want 13 and 0. And you can't be 13 and 0 without getting to 11 and 0. So all that matters right now is getting to 12 and 0, winning that SWAC championship, so we can book our flights and trips to go to Atlanta, and then we can talk about being 13 and 0. But an amazing feat. My hat goes off to Coach Prime. Congratulations to you and your staff, as well as this team. And let's go make it. Let's let's go continue to make history. And shout out to Coach Brew because Coach Brew always has a way of just being able to say it on social media, and just uh, you feel like he's just the voice of this team, man. So uh, special, 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 special year, and it's forever cemented in history, man. I've never seen it done, and you forever you got to mention Jackson State uh, amongst the greatest season in the history of HBCU football. If you factor in what we've done, Corey, so it's not just 11 and 0. Let's not forget we had college game day. Let's not forget we had 60 minutes. Let's not forget we had Good Morning America. And to do all of that with all the attention, all the people in the locker room, all the, the new uh, found fame, all the new uh, support, 11 and 0, man. What a season, man. What a season. And, and uh, let me just say, yes, uh, it's the second undefeated season in Jack State history, but it's the first 11-0 season. We have, we always have to pay homage to the Iron 13, but the difference is with the Iron 13, they went 6-0. And, and so, um, and that was a full season. But be it as it may, just to show you how rare it is, we're the first HBCU team to go undefeated since Alcorn did it in 1984. And even then, they went 9-0 and then lost in the first round of the playoffs. Prior to that, it was uh, – Prairie View, who actually went undefeated in 1961. Well, Alabama State went 10 and tied. and they had a tie. And that was in one. I, I say that because I know Eddie Robinson Jr. Coached Eddie Robinson Jr. On that team. <laughs> on that team. Uh, they were HBCU National Champions that year. But they they did they, they were 10-0-1. In the regular ten, season. In the regular yeah, season. Yeah, I was saying 10-0, but – the one, what I'm talking about is like, un, you know, uh, no losses and untied. Absolutely. But still, even adding that, Ken, you're right. That's 91, but that's still after the point. That's how rare it is. You see what I'm saying? Especially within the SWAC. So, again, it, it hadn't been done in a long time, and we did it. And, again, nobody did it under the construct of the way things are now. And, and again, knowing that we're under this microscope, uh, knowing that things are larger than life, knowing that Jackson State is the epicenter of college football, not 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 FCS, not HBCU, but all of college football, it rotates its axis in Jackson, Mississippi. That's a fact, you know, with this year. And the fact that we have all the chance to have all these distractions, anything that you can imagine. And also with the threat of people – the uh saying the possibility that your coach could be gone 
recruiting is still trucking along. Everything is going as usual and we don't have a blemish. So much so that I wanted to add another thing when I was going to mention too about the defense is, and that's another record, shout out to this defense who through 11 games hasn't allowed a single passer to throw for 200 yards. Oh, no, actually, let me lower that. Unheard of. A, single passer, a single passer to not have thrown for 175 yards. 175 yards. We haven't allowed that all year. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's never been done. Um, and, there, and, and trust me, when, when the season is over, when you actually dig through and actually crunch the numbers, I'm telling you, people are going to be amazed at like, whoa, I didn't know it was like this. But um, yeah, man, these guys band this together. But kudos when you look to back at it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, fellas, eleven and over. Like you said, we got two more to go, and the first one will be two weeks, December third. Get there, the vet. We got to pack it out. Swag championship game. It's great to be back in the swag championship game, and it's it's lovely for it to be at the vet. No better venue than the vet. The swag championship game should be at the vet, even if Jackson State is not playing. That's me. I'm biased. <laughs> I like that. But that's it, fellas. That's it. That's it. But I did catch you at the vet. Yes, sir. See you on December the 3rd in Jacktown. Go and, Tigers. And, and listen, before we go, I to any and every Jacksonian that can hear my voice, please, we need to sell this game out because by doing so, this is the benefit of having the championship game on our campus. This is a game that can truly be a moneymaker for us. So let's pack this thing out. Let's sell it out because everything. This is the benefit of having of hosting a championship game. Let's remember that. Let's do it. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Let's go. Go Tigers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day. You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.